This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher. Derek Piper here to recap an Illinois victory, the third straight and three in a row. That's what we call a winning streak. And I believe it's the first of three in a row against uh, high major opponents this season, at least for Illinois. I haven't been uh, three in a row since the start of the season against uh, all the mid-majors here at the State Farm Center. But Illinois takes down Purdue 66-58 to behind Four players in double figures. Kofi Coburn with yet another double-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Demonte Williams, his second career double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Iodesumu, quiet, 12 points tonight. And uh, Adam Miller gets back into the double digits with 10 points. Uh, but, of course, off the bench, I-, I thought Illinois got good contributions from Andre Corbello. Eight points, six assists, what's new there? And uh, Coleman Hawkins with five off the bench. But, Derek, uh, this was a game of runs, as we joked about during the game, as we both thought of uh illinois takes that big first half lead late with a what was it 13-0 or 10-0 run and then all of a sudden purdue goes on its own 19-0 run uh and then illinois responds with the 22-6 run this is this is college basketball but it's also the big 10 so what were your big takeaways from this one what the heck happened to score 90 a game where'd that go yeah this is uh grinded out big 10 basketball last two against indiana purdue uh Closer than it probably should have been. You look at the free throws, 9 for 22 for Illinois at the free throw line. And just had some sloppy stretches of offense. Uh, you mentioned there the, the runs. You know, you get the 10-0 at the end of the first. They hit a three, but you're still up 10. But when you include that three by Purdue, last shot of the first half, uh, it was a 19-0 run extended into the second half. So uh, there's just been some slow starts for Illinois. And we, we talked about that after Indiana, after Penn State. Uh, it's starting to compound and be kind of a, a routine here recently. Now, you've been able to still get wins, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll hit on the the, the hot topic of Curbelo starting, uh, which seems to be something we talk about maybe after every game here recently. But, uh, I mean, you do what, you're able, what you need to do. Uh, I really loved Kofi's energy and effort early on in the game, it, you know, Travion Williams is one of the best interior threats in this league. He starts one for six from the field, and I uh, thought Illinois did a really good job of defending him and, and not allowing him to get deep post position. And uh, for him, for Kofi and DeMonte to both go double-double, that means you answered the call on the glass, and, and we know Purdue likes to, to hang their hat on that You know, most, most years. So uh, it, it wasn't sexy. It, it wasn't anything pretty, but you get it done and you move on, and best start in Big Ten play since 2012, 4-1. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think I just love these kind of games because I, I feel like Illinois fans at this point um, want the sexy win. They, they want the 0405 Illini win by 20 points on most Big Ten teams. Uh, I don't think this Illinois team is quite the 0405 Illini. I mean, they've lost games already. 0405 didn't do that. But also, the Big Ten is way better. And you have to find multiple ways of winning, even if that's 
winning ugly. So I know there's been some uglier games here recently, Indiana, Purdue, but you took care of business and Illinois found a way to win in several different ways going pace and scoring 90 in a game uh, or, you know, having these ugly games where you got to grind it out, man. You got to get some defensive stops. And I know that kind of gets overlooked when you have some of these 19-0 runs, which was defensive breakdowns. But for the rest of that game, Illinois was fantastic uh, defensively. And Kofi Coburn, Coburn imposed his will. I thought Georgie uh, played pretty well against a team with really good bigs. And boy, it's been a while since Illinois had this big of an advantage against Purdue guards, right? And, and you're seeing... Andre Curbelo, um, Io DeSumo, now you can add DeMonte Williams into the mix. Illinois has got a huge advantage most games out on the wing. So I know it's not sexy, Derek, but I almost find like these are the kind of games that, as is, is our, is our guy Trevor Luis said, I, you'll forget about this game if, if you end up with an Elite Eight or Final Four run. But these are the games that allow you to possibly win a Big Ten championship. Is you take care of business even when it isn't pretty. Yeah, it's a great point. We saw quite a few of these last January when Illinois reeled off seven in a row and, and Big Ten play and being able to win when games can have different styles, different, you know, just challenges with what the opponent's going to try to do. And Purdue likes to slow it down. They like to, to try to grind it out. And for you to be able to get enough defensive stops, I think that was something that earlier on in the year, you go back to the Ohio game where you just had to outgun that team on your home floor because you just couldn't stop the ball. You, you weren't able to stop Jason Preston, and and now obviously he's a better guard than what Purdue has to work with right now. But uh, yeah, locking locking up and getting stops, and I think that you continue to point to Demonte's three point shooting ability is is really really key because you've seen Purdue and now Indiana, and you're going to continue to see it. Just the the emphasis to put attention inside on Kofi and send extra help. Purdue was doubling early on, and you know I know Trent and, and Adam hit. Uh, between them, maybe you know a couple in the second half, but outside of that, Demonte's really been the only guy that you can kick it out to the corner and be able to knock that down. So uh, that's been really encouraging. And then Curbelo, yet again, I mean, he changes the game when he's on the court with his with his vision and his ability to make plays. And Coleman Hawkins hadn't been getting tick here in the last couple of, of games, but uh, he gets the nod over Jacob Grandison, and he earned it. Uh, we heard Brad Underwood talk about his very very good week of practice and hit a three, uh, you know, got an and one uh, inside on a, on a feed from Georgie and just thought he, he brought good energy, blocked a shot. Uh, and, you know, he's plus 11 in five minutes. That's, that's a really nice contribution for him coming off the bench. All right, we'll get into the, the huge topic of discussion right now, which I, I love it. I, I love that Illinois has gotten to this place. Uh, but Kofi Coburn, 14 points, 10 rebounds, uh, a couple big blocks uh, against uh, them as well. But, all right, let's dive into it. I love that we have gotten to the point where these aren't like big picture questions right now. Like Illinois football feels like after every game, we're talking big picture questions about Lovey Smith and his tenure. Uh, we're not talking about that with Illinois basketball because things are going good. But when things are going good and you're not quite winning perfectly, you, you find a way to pick things apart. Because if you do have this game against, say, Rutgers or Iowa, you probably don't win. Some of these slow starts could really hurt you. Uh, and slow starts, even though you've won the last three games, have kind of been a reoccurring trend. And Andre Curbelo comes off the bench and gives you a plus 26. He's playing really well in that role. He's averaging 28 more, uh, minutes per game over the last three games, all wins. So it's not hurting you yet. But it could hurt you at some point with all these slow starts. You can't get down 19-4 to against Penn State. You can't get down 9-1 uh, to against Indiana or 7-2 to against Purdue and, and, and maybe live to, to win uh, for some of these games, Derek. So 
Brad Underwood seems very comfortable. You, we both asked him about you know, starting in the value of Andre Curbelo there. Uh, these are first world problems right now, but they could be a pr bigger problem down the line. Um, Brad Underwood's going to start Adam Miller still. He's going he's to bring Andre Curbelo off the bench, and Curbelo's been really good in that role. But there is an argument. Do you want to play Andre Curbelo 32 minutes? He's more likely to do that if he starts a game. So what do you think about the new debate should Andre Corbello start? Yeah, we just had the same conversation a week ago, these same chairs, you know, after the, the game against Indiana. And like you said, a slow start in that one, slow start uh, here tonight. I, I, I still am in the same boat. I, I think that as long as he's playing, he plays 29 minutes tonight, that's a starter, you know, caliber chunk of time. I, I like. Well, Adam Miller, by the way, plays 20, right? Right. right. So as, lo as long as Corbello's on the court for that kind of a, of a stint, that, that satisfies. Uh, the, the need, now I'm not going to deny the fact that it is important to get off to a good start and like you said, when you play a more quality opponent and let's be honest, we're all, we're all thinking about the end game. We're thinking about you can't get down you know, 10 points in the first four minutes in an NCAA tournament game. I mean, that, that's something that, and I know we're, we're a long ways from that, but uh, I asked Brad, you asked Brad, he said that he hasn't thought about Corbello starting for, for one second. Uh, I know that we and, and all fans out there ha have a little bit longer than that. Now, I'll, I'll say that he said kind of the same things about Andres Felice last year, and it just got to a point where he needed Felice on the floor early because that was their best lineup, and that's what they needed to do really in the thick of a, a Big Ten title chase. So uh, I think that it will be something that we'll still be discussing probably here in the coming months. I don't expect to change anytime soon. And, and as long as Miller – isn't you know killing you which there are times where he has with his defensive mistakes his shot selection uh then i, I think it's fine and as long as you continue to win but uh, there's no doubt that you're different with Carbello on the floor and uh, i just like the fact that he's in those late game lineups and the ball's in his hands and he's allowing to make some plays yeah and he's been one of the guys that's what top four top five in minutes so he's playing starters minutes um you know would you bet if, if you benched adam miller right now your bench has little firepower. I, I think we have to talk about that, too, because last year you did have Alan Griffin emerge as this guy who's going to give you energy off the bench. If Curbelo uh, is, is starting with Trent Frazier, with Io DeSumo, with Kofi, and with DeMonte, I don't know if I feel good about much energy off my bench besides Georgie, and that's not a guard, right? Um, so that, that's a little bit different than last year, and I do think Andres for most of the year was so good. I think it was more of a Georgie thing that you just couldn't keep starting Georgie. So I think it's more about does Adam Miller get to that point where you just can't keep starting him. And today was a good sign, Derek, for him. Got a couple threes to go. Wasn't perfect, but got to the free throw line a couple times. Got bailed out. Didn't make a lot of free throws. Four or seven. Um, but the, if he can build off that, I think you're much more comfortable keeping Andre Curbelo off the bench. And I, I just think for Brad, it hasn't gotten to the point where he has to make this move, right? I think he got to the point last year he had to make the move. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it. And like you said, just to see the ball go in a couple of times for Adam. And, and there was a foul where... You know, he had maybe one for four to start, and Stevanovich gets under him on a three, sends him to the line, and there was a pull-up jumper that was really contested, didn't love the look, uh, ends up getting fouled on that one. Uh, now, four of seven isn't isn't great. I mean, by the standards of Illinois today at the line, it, it was it was decent. Uh, so, yeah, just something for him to build on, and you want to see him continue to get better defensively. Brandon Newman, for a stretch there, was really giving some problems early in the second half. Uh, so just trying to continue to, to build his confidence and, and get him up to a – because, I mean, 
he's a really talented player. You, you want to get him up to where he potentially can be later in the Big Ten season. But uh, And I also think there's just a natural passing of the baton early on. And we talked about it with Io creating early, Io having the ball in his hands and allowing to play pick and roll and all that. When Curbelo comes in, there's a transition where Curbelo is now the facilitator. And uh, if you maybe start with both of those, not that they can't play together, they've shown that they can. I just think it it, it works. It works right now. And as long as the, the starting group can get it together and not have these slow starts, I think it, there's no problem with it. In the middle of this conversation, Mike Latulip, who is a coach, right, and has seen a lot of college basketball, he said, what would you rather do as a coach? Shake up the rotation after a four and one start in conference or rely on three upperclassmen and another all Big Ten player to get the team off to better starts in the first and second half. I'd say the latter. Curbelo is the off-speed pitch, and it works. Curbelo is going to be better than basically anybody, any other Big Ten team brings in their second rotation, right? So Brad has seen, and he did that with Feliz last year. I mean, he started the season with Feliz, made the change because it wasn't working because they had slow starts. I think what you have, even though it's not perfect, it is leading to wins right now. If it eventually does not, I think Brad has shown he'll be willing uh, to make that change. So um, I, I, has he thought about it more in a second? I think so. But I, I think all the things we're talking about, this is working for his team right now. They're 4-1 and one in the Big Ten for the first time since 2012, and they haven't lost a game because of their rotations yet. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, Mike makes a good point that, I mean, this this group is is good enough. They don't lack talent to where they can't figure it out and uh, be able to have some better starts. But you know, it's a 10-0 run from Purdue in, in the first two minutes of the second half, and those are some things that again, when you're playing a, a higher caliber team than Purdue or, or just you know in different situations, those can be the difference in the game. So uh, I understand both sides. I understand wanting to have Curbelo out there as much as possible, but um, yeah, it's working right now. And, and I, but I do think it's. It's still going to be something that we're going to talk about the rest of the way. We are not doing this right. We are supposed to be hot take, Derek. You are supposed to be Curbelo starts. I'm supposed to be. No, he's, it's working right now. It's coming off the bench. Listen, I know where Brad's at. I, I just kind of understand it. Like, it's not hurting him. And some people would argue, hey, if you keep doing this, it's going to keep happening. So why would you do that as a coach? It's the definition of insanity. So um, I get where he's at right now, though, because – I do like Carmelo off the bench. I think it really works. I just want the, the starters to play better. Like, I, I just want, like, why, why is the team with Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, and Adam Miller, Trent Frazier, and Demonte Williams starting so poorly in half? Those are veterans. Those are guys who have offensive firepower. I, I don't know if it's an energy thing, but those guys should be playing better. Do you think Carmelo got the green Grinch Mambas to come off the bench? He's upset because he's coming off the bench. We put the Grinch mob in. If you don't think that the one-time transfer rule is going to be in his head, I'm not. I'm, all right. I've done enough. This is good hot takes. All right. When we come back, let's talk about some of the other freshmen and what lies ahead for Illinois basketball. That's next. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Derek Piper, let's talk about Coleman Hawkins. 
Um, Brad sometimes talks about players having great weeks of practices and usually follows it up with those players getting increased minutes. So even though Jacob Grandison had had a couple nice performances, Coleman Hawkins only gets five minutes, uh, but he gets those minutes as the eighth man on this team rather than uh, Jacob Grandison. This is basically a seven-deep uh, rotation for Brad that he trusts, but Coleman earned a little bit of trust today. I thought he had some nice uh, energy plays, um, had a nice block where he recovered well, didn't play very well initially on defense, but had a nice block, hit an open three, got to the free throw line, was a plus 11 uh, in five minutes. You'll take that um, anytime. So what do you think he can do moving forward? How much trust do you think Brad will give Coleman Hawkins uh, as the season progresses? Yeah, I just think it's continuing to be trustworthy defensively is really where it starts. And uh, a block inside is a nice a nice sign that he's – there's just been moments – I go back to the Baylor game and uh, this one where you're playing physical teams and he's been able to hold his own. And he hasn't just gotten completely exploited by, you know, not being physically mature. I mean, he's not uh, – he hasn't spent a couple of years in the weight room with Fletch, and that's something that uh, we wondered about with Coleman. And uh, we knew that he was going to be someone that's pretty offensively talented. Now, it's been a while. Was, was this his first field goal? Not Maybe not his first. Big Ten field goal. First yeah. Big Ten field goal. Uh, hits a three. Uh, I didn't think we would be waiting until the 11th game of the season to see that, but uh, it's something that he can definitely bring. And, and he's got the comfortability and uh, the skill set to be able to bring that. So uh, he's a very good passer. I, again, we talked about him elevating your offense. We talked about that a lot in the offseason. I think he can do that. Uh, it's just building on it, finding consistency, and whether it's going to come from Coleman or it's going to come from Jacob. Like you said, I mean, both of those guys are not really going to get the opportunity in, a, in one given game to to show that it's going to be earned during practice and one guy's going to get the green light and, and you hope they run with it. He's kind of to me, and I'm not using this to, to degrade the other guy, but he's kind of the anti-Tevian Jones to me because Tevian was more athletic. I think there was more even you know offensive potential um, there, maybe not long-term, but he's obviously, I think, off to a good start at Southern Utah. But Tevian just tried to force things, right? He tried to be the man, or when he came in, he tried to do too much and got a quick hook. Um, Coleman doesn't try to do too much, uh, and that's a really good start for a freshman. Just just play your role, and I think uh, he can do that. He's going to get overpowered, which is why he only plays five minutes, uh, but he can give you a little bit of energy coming off the bench. Uh, we also just got let, – let's take a, a few minutes, Derek. DeMonte Williams' progression is nothing short of astonishing. Um, you know, we know he's been a glue guy, but now he's been a really, really good Big Ten starter for this team. He's going to give up something defensively because he's smaller than some of the, he's so much smaller than some of these guys. But he does play pretty good defense. Gets ten boards tonight, which was uh, Brad said he challenged him. Had ten defensive rebounds, three of five from three. Uh, and he just takes open threes. He takes them confidently. Um, he's now 19 of 28 from three this year, which is close to 70%. I mean, we've got to keep reminding ourselves, and it's not to degrade him, but it's just like this is how far he's come. He came into the year 27% from three, and he had zero points in nine straight Big Ten games last year. It's, it's astonishing. And I don't think you win this game without DeMonte Williams. Some of the biggest shots were, were him tonight. Yeah, absolutely. That that ten oh run and in in late in the first half, he hit two threes there, and, and those were really big shots. And 
it, it's amazing because you, you think back to, to last year, just throughout his career, where you're asking Brad about his offense and his struggles. And it's like, oh, it, it's in there. He, he's got it. And you're just like, eh, I don't see it. I, I really haven't uh, in a while. At some point, you get sick of hearing about how many shots he makes in practices, and you start getting thoughts of Alex Legion, right? Like, that's what I keep going back to. Yeah, and this is a, I mean, it's a former top 100 player. He, before his injury at Peoria Emanuel, it's a guy that obviously was getting recruited at the Big Ten level. But, yeah, to see his confidence and just to see this big of a stride forward is surprising, to be honest with you. I know that he had a nice stretch at the end of last year where he was hitting some of those shots. Uh, but just the efficiency, it's its one of the best. It's the best in the country, uh, honestly, from three-point land. And uh, that is, that's exciting. He's, he's still making – He's making some plays off the dribble here and there. He's getting to the free throw line. That's that's a good sign as well. And then to have someone that's six foot three give you ten rebounds. I mean that's that's outstanding. So I mean yeah, he's a he's a really crucial part of this team. And as Trent and Adam haven't shot the three at a at a really high clip here recently, uh, that's very very key for spacing the floor and, and helping your offense when when they want to you know clog the lanes for Io or, or clog the lanes for Corbello and, and, and obviously Kofi as well. Yeah, when you can have three guys at least where you can count on to make a three, when Corbello and Co Kofi are in or Corbello and Georgie are in, you used to have three guys uh, who can make a three. I think that's really important uh, for this team. Um, it's kind of nice, Derek, uh, and, and Brad may mention this, Io didn't have a great night. Um, 12 points on 13 field goal attempts, missed both his threes, uh, had a couple careless turnovers in there, but it was nice that you didn't need him to go io god mode right like you didn't have to have that tonight because there are gonna be nights where even an all-american like he uh he, he's not gonna have a, a great game yeah that, that's the benefit of having you know just multiple veterans and just a number of pieces uh for on a talented offensive team I mean, there's there's some some squads out there when when a one isn't isn't at a a you know caliber level you're, you're gonna lose that night so minnesota yeah, good call. That's that's that is a good call. So, yeah, five of thirteen. He, he wasn't great. I mean, that's not a that's not a very good performance for Io, and uh, just wasn't really in a in a rhythm. Didn't see the best out of him, but he can move on and and take a win, and obviously expect him to be you know be Io most nights in the Big Ten. All right. So the the benefit of maybe not having your prettiest nights the last couple of nights is is you have been playing teams that I think at best are middle of the pack in the Big Ten, and I think that that's maybe a best case for Purdue. Indiana certainly uh, could finish somewhere in there. Uh, but coming up here, Derek, another stretch of, of winnable games, even though Northwestern is 3-1. and one, uh, They play Michigan tomorrow. We'll see if they're 3-2 and two after that one. But that's an improved team that's shooting very well from three. They've given you some fits up at uh, uh, Welsh Ryan. Fits, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> there, I did not did not mean that. Um, but this is, a, this is another key stretch where you keep stacking and stacking wins. We've, we've looked at this part of the schedule. This is where the Big Ten did you favors, but you got to do yourself the favors and, and keep stacking these wins like this. Yeah, it's really important to keep pace at the top of the league. When you look at Iowa, gets a huge win at Rutgers today, and Wisconsin bounces back from the home loss to Maryland, and they they you know cool off Minnesota and, and be able to get that one. Michigan is is hot here early. They've got some big matchups. They play Minnesota here coming up at home after Northwestern. Uh, I think they have a date with Wisconsin here in the next week or so as well. So it's important for you to, to take care of the, the games that you're supposed to win. Northwestern, like you said, is playing pretty well. And, and they hung in that Iowa game uh, on the road for most of it. So uh, Boo Booey, Miller Cop, they, they'll be ready to play. Chase yeah. Audige. Oh, yeah. That's how you say it. Not Audige, like I said, Alaska. I got to learn his name because he's playing really well. 
Nice and fancy, yeah. When they're when they're not dead last in the Big Ten, we care what their pronunciations are. So, uh, and then after that, when you got Maryland here at home, uh, you mix in I think Penn State, Nebraska, Ohio State. It's it's a favorable stretch. It's an opportunity to to really stack these things up and uh, get rolling until you you hit that Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, the thing we talk about a lot here. So uh, that that's what teams do when they when they win a Big Ten title is they take advantage of these kind of. Uh, favorable stretches in the schedule, and, and that's what Illinois has to do. All right, they get a couple more days off here, Derek, or without games. What do you think the focus will be for, for Brad Underwood and his team? Because um, I knew he, he didn't sound very comfortable coming off that you know seven-day um, stretch where they didn't have a game and they had to sit out three days in a row. They had to by the rules. Um, but they're going to be back in practice. What do you think the, the focus is now that they can focus on themselves maybe for a day or two? got to make free throws. Uh, I'm sure they'll be shooting a lot of those, obviously. Uh, and then I think you address the slow starts, no matter what that is, whether it's ex execution, whether it's energy. Uh, you you got to be able to find a way to have you know better starts out of the gate. And uh, again, I, I would expect Kofi to get doubled. I expect teams to really send a lot of help there. Now, Northwestern, with what they have is a, is a Robbie Barron. I, you know, again, this is Northwestern. The, the names aren't aren't sticking to my mind too well. They don't have the size inside, but Pete Nance, another one. Pete Nance, yeah, that's, that's a Northwestern name. There you go. Um, yeah, just be ready for for Kofi to. I know the emphasis of your offense get the ball inside as much as possible, but be ready for them to try to force it out of his hands and do some different things. You got to have Adam ready to knock down shots, Trent, uh, and just kind of have some counters to that. So. Uh, Get going early on in games, make your free throws, and uh, continue to build on what you're doing defensively. There were a couple of breakdowns in transition uh, with Stevanovic getting open threes, but other than that, I think Illinois' the last two games has been pretty solid, and we want to continue to, to progress there and build on that. All right, that'll do it for the Illini Inquirer podcast. Uh, if you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have player grades coming up. I know we'll have a piece on the freshman. Derek will have a piece on the topic everyone is burning about. And I'm not, and I'm joking about it, but I get it. I do get the conversation about Carmelo uh, coming off the bench or, or starting. I get it. I really do, because it could come up uh, and hurt you at some point. We'll have more coming up at IlliniInquirer.com. Check it out there. Everybody have a great day, great weekend. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast.